Hey everyone, Becky from The Shift Team here, and we're back with a brand new series to celebrate the symposium launch, a virtual gymnastics educational event hosted by Shift, June 10th to June 12th. Introducing the Shift Symposium's guest speakers, Sarah Conkold. This week's mini podcast episode is another of the 2022 Shift Symposium's guest speakers, Sarah Conkold, another member of the Ascend Gymnastics team. With elite and NCAA success, Sarah has achieved this with her nurturing and progressive philosophy. Sarah will be presenting on day two of the symposium, sharing her fantastic knowledge of BEAM, discussing everything you need to know about active flexibility and series connections. There's only 10 days left to sign up, so make sure you register now so you don't miss out. Obviously, we're all really driven, motivated people, and we have big opinions because you don't work as many hours at a high level as we do if, if you know, if you're just like, oh, I'm going to go with the flow today. Like, that's not it. Yeah. So it's definitely being able to have the tough conversations or ask the t- like, like, I'm struggling. Like, what do you see? Sure. Um, what am I missing? And being able to do that, you know, Brett and I, obviously, we carpool, so we get a lot of time to do that. But um, even with Kale, you know, he'll be like, what do you see with this? Or like he walked over the other day and he saw something and and I was like, oh, like, why did I not see that? You know, and made a quick change. And now the kids routine is so much better. Um, so just being able to listen to everybody and, and trust their expertise and and know that everything's coming from the right spot. We all have the same end goal. Nobody's trying to be the best or bring me down or whatever. We're all just trying to do what's best for the kids. And so you have to just, you know, in that moment, put yourself aside and be like, what's best for the kid. Listen to the team that includes uh, at our location. That includes Lauren and Chris as well. Um, And just really be collaborative and really just put yourself aside. What's what's best for the kid. And Brent, we were part of developmental camp under Valeri and Valeri kind of in those camps started this whole less is more quality over quantity and also the collaboration. Um, What I think the best thing that came out of developmental camp is the group of people that you can go to with questions and, and concerns and stuff. And, and so we all kind of grew up up to higher levels in that system where you weren't the be all end all you asked for help, you did whatever. And so I think that makes us more open to, to doing that, right? Like it's not our way or the highway. It's, oh, today we're going to learn about this and today we're going to learn about that. And so I think that was a huge, huge benefit that yeah. maybe a lot of people don't realize was one of the best things to come out of that, honestly, is this whole generation of super collaborative coaches willing to learn and, and excited to learn. Yeah. Um, so I think for like me, Kale, Lauren, Brett, we came through that. And, and so that's just kind of our mindset. Like today we're going to learn something new. Today we're going to like, okay, there's a better way to do it. Valeria would always say, I made these mistakes so you don't have to. Like, mm. like don't do what I did because that wasn't necessarily it. And uh, so we all have that mindset. And then within our own program, our lower level staff is so willing to learn and so excited to learn and so appreciative every day. Like, I feel very, very fortunate that they've bought in so hard to this is what we're going to do now and, and this is how we're going to do it. So, um, yeah, I haven't had to face too much of that, but I would say if you're facing it, lead by example, right. lead by example, because the kids that work with you are going to be happier and they're going to be healthier and they're going to work harder for you and they're going to love coming into the gym. You're going to get those hand-drawn cards every day <laughs> you know, and, and, and they're going to look those other coaches are going to look over and be like, well, what's, what's happening over there? 
And then you can revisit that conversation, right? Kids that are happy and, and, and excited to come to gym are going to thrive sure. way more than these kids that are scared and, and burnt out and probably overtrained and hurt. Yeah. I definitely think that having some mandatory education um, on the, like we do safe sport, but it's, it's not super involved. There's no question answer. You don't really get feedback, right? I think yep. getting feedback is super key. Um, I think we need to have something from uh, one, it, it weeds out some people, right? If you've got to do that extra step and put in the time and, yes. and, you know, learn things, then you're more likely to be doing things for the right reasons. Right. Um, so I think one, it's like a good barrier, a good next step yeah. Two, there's just, you know, I feel really strongly in my ability to teach a flick lay on the beam. Yeah. Am I a sports psychologist? No, I'm getting better. I need to have education on that, you know, um, or education on where to send my athletes when they're struggling with something like this. Right. Um, I, I think we try as gymnastics coaches to be a, a master of all and, and we're just, we're not, I mean, some people are far better than others. Yeah. Um, but I think having more education, one points out what we don't know, right? Oh my gosh, I don't know anything about that. And, and will help us to send our athletes to get better care in those things, strength and conditioning, um, nutrition, uh, sports psychology, all of those things. Um, it's a, it's a safety buffer. What would that look like? That's a really big question, right? Canada is such a small population. And, and I was listening to Cecile's podcast and theirs is even more in depth, but France yeah. is such a small population. Right. Right. Um, I think, Thanks again to COVID, we're all more proficient on Zoom, so you could definitely do online classes to make it more feasible. Yep. But I think there should be some some strength, uh, not strength, some technical, some practical, um, yep. some theory for sure. I don't know. I felt like Canada's model was really good. Yeah, it was really good. We had hands-on spotting. You had to pass. Mm -hmm. You had to take your theory test. You had to be supervised. You had to do hours in the gym. You had to. Um, what did they call them? Practice teach or something. You had to like, this is how I'm going to teach a straddle back. Right. And you had to, this is step, step one. My kid walks in the gym on day one, and then this is how we're going to get there. And it just showed that you had a real understanding of fundamentals and progressions and safety. And yeah. I, I thought it was great. I think sometimes the yeah. rec level, the pre-comp level gets thrown under the bus a little bit, like the side, like the excels and stuff like that. I think they get kind of thrown off the Island because they're not the high level stuff. But yeah. where do you think a kid learns a handstand? Where do you think a kid learns a round off? And you just said it so well, it's like your, your staff at Ascend gets equal as much attention as the level tens and elites. And so that's something I really wish I would see better is better education for those lower levels who are usually like part-time people, their kids, they're just coming out of school. They're really having a tough time. And I think sometimes we throw them unfortunately into the bus a little bit they're the most important people in the program and that's where we're working on it right now that's actually like something we're tackling right the second because like you said they're kids and they're young and they know but they're not confident and they're not willing to like get in there but they do they teach that very first cartwheel they teach that very first round off they teach standards and expectations like yeah. that's the kid's first taste right yeah. so if you just let them willy-nilly do it i have a very talented little girl and i saw a video on her mom's facebook the other day of her round off back handspring and she fully hurdles with one arm up and one arm down and, and this very talented little girl still hurdles <laughs> like that right now and like we talk about it every day every turn but when she was five she did seven million round offs with like crazy hurdles and yeah. and now that's sort of what we got right yeah. so if we get those pre-team coaches and those rec coaches to believe like you are the most important person in this gym and and by you doing a fabulous job like you make my job so much easier and and you are vital so getting yeah. them to understand that and buy in and be excited with the higher level coaches again it, it's easier right we're older we've got more experience i feel very confident to go up and talk to someone and say 
da, 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 you know, this is why, this is what, this is whatever, whether it be to an athlete or another coach. With our younger coaches, again, they don't have that confidence. And yeah. and if they see me walking over, they're probably like, oh, darn. Um, <laughs> right? So uh, there's literally a saying in the gym, and it's, what would Coach Sarah like? And literally, all I like right now is straight legs and pointed toes. So, <laughs> but like, when I walk by, they say, like, WWCSL, and I'm like, oh, man. So, um, but, yeah, I agree, like, teaching them. But I think again, COVID year has been so, so weird. So we're trying to make this big change coming off the heels of COVID. And we haven't a lot of, had a lot of time in the gym with our people, but our plan is to have a meeting with them and, and just kind of say that, like, if you don't know, ask, if you're, if you're unsure, ask, like there's no bad questions. And the only way to get better is to, to ask and, and use the resources around you. And you yeah. guys have a lot of resources. So let's get on that. So that's our, our next plan. We were literally in the car talking about it is we're going to have a, a meeting with our, our developmental staff and our preteen staff and, and kind of go through that and hope that they can feel like they can, you know, ask and get the questions they need and the answers they need and staff all the time. Yeah, I, you have to reward all those little things. And that's going to make the kids excited, A, to do all those little things sure. and, and and B, to be excited to be in the gym because those huge wins are, are far and few between, right? Especially the older you get as a gymnast, you've got your skill set, you're set. There's not a lot of like big eureka moments anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, so for this little girl uh, who, who landed her soup, like that was such an amazing moment. And um, someone in her past had told her that she was never going to flip a vault in her life and and all of this. And she, yeah, great, great positivity. And so, you know, she just comes to gym every day and works her butt off with the biggest grin. Yeah. And, and we went to this meet and she hadn't flipped it yet this year and she just rocked it. And it was like that is why you coach gymnastics. Like that kid left on cloud nine. She felt like a million dollars. You know, she was like, Oh, I accomplished this thing. And that is why you coach gymnastics because you want kids to find that feeling. And, and so we help them find that feeling by rewarding all those little things in between Uh, some nonsense thing. This is Brent's thing, but, or Brett's thing, sorry, Brett's thing. Uh, It's state meet in a week. And so he bought 1 million and 52 mints. And every time a kid does something even remotely okay, you throw them a mint. You say, oh, that was mint condition. Oh, that was an approved mint. That was an accomplishment. And so now these kids are like jumping to the moon to try and get mints. We have this one little girl and she was like, I'm going to get a mint on all four events. And she like lit it up yesterday. Her legs were straight. Like it was so good. You know, so just silly stuff like that to break up the monotony and, and have some fun with them. Um, in the summer, we do the Olympics, the summer Olympics, and we divide them into nonsense countries and they you know they get points for hard effort or maybe you moved the mat or you cleaned up a piece of trash and we saw it or whatever um just to you know make them have some pride and and work as a team and so yeah and the other thing we've been doing a lot is really enforcing the team this year reinforcing that we're a team and we're doing this for the team and you work hard for your team and that's been bringing a lot of success and a lot of fun and a lot of camaraderie with the girls um i've definitely grown a little bit in this but one the first thing the first step is communication you need to be communicating with that kid and she needs to know to be communicating with you and and if there's any i think i got this from you every day we go in how's your body today how are you feeling right if i have a little hip today then we're not going to kick and we're not going to leap today. And that's okay because you're 10 and you have 700 years left. To <laughs> leap, right. But if I, if I do a hamstring or I do a something now, that's going to shorten our window. So, so communication is number one. Um, number two, I don't do a lot of numbers. I really probably people are probably like Sarah, like, let's go, you got to do more, but I don't. So 
I'm just going to say beam because we're going to talk about beam, but like yeah. flick legs, right? You can only do so many. That's a huge arch. Young kids aren't necessarily confident. So they're not jumping as much so that they can engage their core. They're relying on their flexibility. So if I just do 10 of these a day, how many bad turns have I taken? How much damage have I done? So I'm not going to do a ton of numbers. I am going to do a ton of handstand step downs to landing position. I am going to do um, a lot, maybe like off of a block to a lower surface, a lot of like modified stuff, but I'm not going to get on the beam and just be like, you're going to make five in a row. And that's that an assignment for me would be three in a row or five max 10 tries would be like, that's a very normal assignment for me. So if it's an off day, we're not going until, until you do it. Like it's an off day that happens. That's okay. And we're going to come back at it tomorrow. And I'm going to look at why weren't we making these? What can we address to change it? Um, and, and, and go from there. So that's something that I've grown into, you know, it used to be, everybody has to make six routines today and I don't care. And, you know, I will win because I'm the boss and that's just not realistic every day. Um, and some coaches are going to disagree with me that that's not, that that's not a thing and that's okay. We can disagree and that's fine. But in my program, that's the way it works. So, um, uh, what else with little kids and, and then just getting them to believe in themselves right? Like for me, gymnastics is so much attitude and belief and confidence and knowing like when I step up, I've trained and I know how to do this and I can do this right now. And I think that that goes a long way in, in getting them to have more success and feeling good about what they're doing and and having longevity and enjoyment. said earlier was just having a plan. Like you just said, laying out what was going to happen if we take path A or path B or path C and Mm -hmm. having a plan about like, this is what I've learned from Nick so well is like, there are a billion ways to train gingers and, and full ends and, and flick lays and stuff from a young age safely with drills and with development and with shaping and with low number, like quality numbers, but the right amount and soft services. Like there's a billion ways to use the equipment we have to make them successful. So like, do you need to do a full on hard at 12 years old? Like, do you really need to compete that? Or can you wait till 14? Like right. are you gonna lose your spot and you're going to lose your shot with a college just because you didn't do your full at, at 12. No, of course you're not going to. Absolutely so. not. It takes the coach's poise. It takes the parent's stomach to, to not look in the shininess of Instagram and TikTok and like, you know, just put your blinders on a little bit. But if you have a plan, you follow that plan. Uh, there's nothing better than that, like 14 year old, like, where the hell did this girl come from? Like, what, where is what she been eating? Where's she been hiding? Cause she's amazing. You know what I mean? Like, I love that story of someone who just really uh, puts the brakes on a little bit and then they come out smoking hot at like 14, 15 and just take over the world. It's, it's a bit, it's my favorite thing in the entire world. Yes. Yeah. That's how yeah. it, it can be done. Exactly. It can not only not only can it be done, it's better. (laughs) Like, let's get this out of our mind that it's it's not a good path to go on this later development, this like loving coach mentality, this relationship, like it's better in the long run for their performance and their health to do this. You do not need to be this hardcore dictator like dictatorship when it all costs kind of stuff i think it actually undermines kids perspective we went to a meet and we told our kids the beam it was a test beam and it was five inches wide I don't know why these kids believed us, but these kids believed us and they all stayed on. They're like, yeah, it was five inches, but it was just their perception that like it was a fat beam. Total true story. guys. Um, so, so getting them to believe that beam is easy and beam is fun. And, and, and that is the big thing because if you do beam timid, you're, you're going to be doing floor. So you got it. Yeah. I like footwork, vision, key skills, handstands, being able to like lever in and out, but I like it on a bent leg because you're never going to land on a locked knee. Um, you're never going to go into your aerials on a locked knee. Um, proper landing mechanics off the beam and a lot of one legged stabilization thing, right? If you're bending your knee and your knees tracking like this, mm-hmm. add a switch leg to that, you're coming off and or getting hurt. 
you yep. land your foot play, you're coming off and or getting hurt. Cool. Um, so, I always have one spotted station. So that's like the key station that we're trying to hone in on circuits. I like circuits. Parents like to see their kids moving. Yep. They're paying gymnastics for fitness, right? So yep. as little line sitting as possible, um, usually we'll sit down, show the spotted station. Um, and then the other ones are kind of like floof stations, right? Like if you mess it up, it's not going to be the end of the world for me, especially at those lower levels. We're going to jump and stick in a hoop, yeah. um, whatever. We're going to hop over beanbags. And then this station is going to be the one where I'm going to be like, nope, your foot's turning, nope, duh, 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 whatever. Yeah. So that's how I would do it. Mm-hmm. Um, always a hands-on station with the little ones. They don't feel their body. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what you're saying half the time. So just always reinforcing what you want. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully you've developed really strong basics and like they've learned to love beam, right? They see what they're doing, but we always, I'm big on stacking the beam. So mm-hmm. Kale's completely anti this. He hates stack beam, but I love stack beam because when you're standing on the high beam, that is a totally different perspective yeah. with your vision than standing on the low beam, right? So giving them that confidence that um, I, I'm going to be okay. There's 700 mats here and it's a low beam, but it looks different. I love that. And then you take them out of way and you take them out of way and you take them out of way. So I'm really big on stacked beams this year. I let the stack stay a little too long, but that's, you know, <laughs> things. um, so that would be my thing. Uh, and I also always reinforce with them like, guys, these are like level four and five skills mm-hmm. on the beam, right? A backhand swing step out was in the level five compulsory. They're putting a side aerial back into one of them. You yeah. are so far beyond these skills this is just, you do it on the line? You do it on the line all day long. Like, let's get on the beam. For me, beam is an attitude. Like, they need to believe that, like, I got this. I'm the boss of the beam, right? Beam is an attitude. So I, I start with that. And then lots of uphill stuff, up onto panel mats, up onto, um, we have, like, little or skinny panel mats. Cecile showed me up onto low beam, which I was like, why didn't I think of that? That was genius. So she starts yep. on the floor and they back handspring. So the hands have to be right, but right. whatever. So that was really cool. Um, and, and again, so you're going to do, let's say we're working flick, flick, right? You're going to do your flick, flick. You had a wobble or your foot was turned in. Then you're going to do a handstand step down to the correct landing shape that I want to yep. reinforce that. You can do it with a little, you know, a little speed, a little zhuzh, but I don't want another back handspring because we're already doing a lot of back handsprings. Yeah. So just kind of trying to monitor how many you're doing, um, and, and giving them the opportunity to make the correction in a slower, safer mm kind of way taking the fear away okay this is what she wants this is what i'm gonna work on and then add the speed okay. and you just reinforce yeah. this is normal everyone has fears it happens to everyone they already feel bad they already don't feel good about it so just reinforcing that everybody goes through something like this yeah. and breaking it all the way back down if it's really really bad sometimes just step away from it for a minute Okay, here's the alternative. This is something else we can do. Let's work for this. Just having that break from it and and moving on lets them get back there. You can't bully them into getting over a fear. They're not being fearful on purpose. Uh, First, I would tell them to look at all your content because you've got a lot of great stuff for like hips and and all of that stuff. Um, Leaping is a lot of strength and coordination too, right? You gotta be able to get up off your leg. You've gotta be able to jump off one leg, land on one leg and be confident. And I think on beam leaping in general is, is fear. They're afraid to split the beam. They're afraid to jump high enough to have enough room to snap and land and all of that stuff. So just lots of single leg jumps and getting as high as you can and all of that nonsense. Uh, For flexibility, I do TheraBand work every single day. I do some form of TheraBand kicking every single day. I don't think you need to have 200 degree oversplits to be a great leaper. You need to have great active flexibility. You need to have quick legs. And sometimes the most flexible kids don't have those quick legs. So the TheraBands help with that too. I never do ankle weights. Um, Science has shown us that that's not good. (laughs) So I I never do that. And I've banned them in the gym. 
for, for leaping and running and all of that stuff. But yeah, every single day we do a TheraBand circuit. If you check our Instagram, I put one up most Fridays called Flexible Friday. Yeah. Um, we do, uh, you do, you call them reptile slides. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Just yeah, hit, stomach, hit yeah. mobility. Uh, you do, what do you call them? I call them like turtle lifts. They turtle lay on their, yeah. where they like lay down and they put their back leg up and they do this. So they have to learn to engage their glute to get their leg up instead of their low back or, or their ribs. Yeah. So we do a ton of that stuff. Um, a lot of, uh, the shoulder circuits, I's, T's, Y's, W's, all of that stuff. The the shoulder circuit you do eccentric pull-ups. So you can have that nice line for your aerials and your, all of that. But yeah, we do a little bit of that every day. They come to beam every day and do a quick five minute stretch before they do anything. And that's how we kind of make sure everybody gets it in all day long. I I especially think you need to be quick. You need to be quick and dynamic and strong. And, And then you can kind of fake the rest. You'll hit 180. You, you need to be moderately flexible, more yes. flexible than like the regular person in life. Yes. But you don't need to be rhythmic flexible. You don't need to, you just be flexible enough to be safe. Yep. Um, yeah. I would say strong is more important. And I would say strong is more important on beam. You need to be able to take a, a one-legged landing. You need to be able to get off one leg really fast. You need to be able to punch the beam and then land safely. Yep. I, I, I The older I get, the more I think you need to be strong to be good on beam. Hopefully you enjoyed this mini podcast episode. There's only 10 days left to sign up, so make sure you register now so you don't miss out. Tickets and full information can be found online at www.shiftmovementscience.com forward slash 2022 shift symposium. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to that episode. I hope that you really enjoyed it and got a lot of value out of it. I just want to let you know before we sign off here that a couple things we'd love for you to do. So one is please just make sure that you rate and review the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you're listening, because that really does help the episode grow quite a bit. And then second, if you really enjoyed this episode, we would love if you left us a review as well and told us what you liked about it. You know, what information was useful, what things were not useful, would you like to know more about, what guests you want to have on in the future. And then also as you kind of go about your day, if you found something really useful, just toss it up on social media. We love to hear from people on Instagram or Twitter or, you know, all the different websites that they're using for social media. Facebook is great too. But yeah, let us know what you like, because honestly, the podcast comes from people who just tell us what they're finding useful. And that's how we create the next set of content. So yeah, tag us in the podcast or tag us online, whatever you're doing it and uh, let us know what you think. Thanks.